briefly. I have a very short message. Welcome, brethren. I'm glad to be in your presence today. Our pastor is on an assignment. As usual, let us continue to pray for him. You know what you want. I know you as a human being, you want good things. Pray that for him, good things. Himself and his entire household. Don't forget him in your prayer. Um, today, I'm honored to share a little bit of what you know before with us. Just a little tiny bit. And I titled this uh, exhortation that we're going to be talking about, uh, Love Thy Neighbor. What did I say? That means love thy neighbor. It's pretty much instructive, and it's an explanation at the same time. We can open our Bible to the book according to Luke. Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. We shall be reading from uh, verses 29 to 37. Technically, you can get the screen on the Luke chapter 10. Verses 2, 9, 29, not 39. But he, willing to justify himself, said unto Jesus, and the question arose, and who is my neighbor? That question is posed to Jesus. The question is posed to you this morning. And Jesus answering said, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance, there came down a certain priest, a certain priest, that way. That means where this guy was laying helpless. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And likewise, a Levite, Levite, you remember that Levite, when he was at the same place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side again. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion on him and went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine. And set him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. Verse 35. And on the morrow when he departed, he took out two pence and gave them to the host and said, said unto him, Take care of him and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. Which now of these three? Jesus is asking the question again. Which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? And he said, he that showed mercy on him. Then said Jesus unto him, go and do thou likewise. That was the person that asked the question in verse 29. If we can go again to Matthew 22, verses 37 through 40. Matthew 22, verses 37 through 40. And Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love thy Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all 
thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, unto the first. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. May God bless the reading of this word. And it will sanctify his word in our hearts in the mighty name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. Love thy neighbor is a very short sentence that I timed this uh, exhortation. Uh, in this passage, we can see clearly in verse 37, Luke 10, verse 37. It says, go and do likewise. Go and do likewise. That is an instruction to the person that asked the question. They get the person, you know, they always wanted to trick Jesus to make mistakes, hang him on the law and tell him, who are you anyway? You don't even know this. These are people that know the books that were tempting him. These are the people that know the laws. They are pretty much people that teach the law. And they want to trip Jesus. They want him to fall. But God is on his side. So he gave the instruction to the guy. He said, go and do Otherwise, I'm going to do the same. You may wonder and say, I don't know my neighbor. You may think your neighbor, by your own definition, is geographical. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's geographical because the guy or the family is living next to my house. That is my neighbor. Or the person's office is next to my office space. He is my neighbor. Or my business is next to his business. That is my neighbor. You may be wondering, who indeed is my neighbor? The person that asked this question in verse 29 knew quite well what he was getting at. But the Spirit answered him very well. I don't know whether you know who your neighbor is, but I want to tell you, any stranger, any human being that is breathing, that is walking, he is or she is your neighbor. Praise the Lord. Praise the name of Jesus. The fact remains that what Jesus said in Luke 10 about certain Samaritan, the parable explains it all. We have a priest. What do you expect of a priest? We expect the priest to do what? Take care of people, to be compassionate, to do above and beyond. What do you expect of Levi? Oh my goodness, they are the one that in the house of the law, they are expected to do Good things. They are expected to be up there. But they are human beings. Are you looking at certain people as your standard? If you are looking at certain people as, as your standard, you may be disappointed. May God help us in Jesus' name. I remember in primary school back in, the, in Nigeria, there is a, like a prose. We used to sing some song. It's in native language. Say, uh, anyone that you have ability to help, he is your neighbor. Say, any Kenny T. Sorry, I don't know how to interpret that. He, whoever that you have ability to help, within your, I can help take the shoes of this, my brother. I can help take his shoes. I have that ability. I'm not lame. I'm not crippled. I can walk to him and pick up his keys for him. That is my ability. Anyone you have that ability, to do something to, that person is what? Is your neighbor. And my title says, love who? 
love thy neighbor. As important as it is, the Bible tells us on three separate occasions in Matthew 5, 44, Matthew chapter 5, verse 44, even Luke verse, chapter 6, verse 27, and Luke 6, 35. The basis of this is expression of love. But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you. Generally, when you see your enemy, what you do? You run away from your enemy. But the Bible is saying, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you. Have you been complaining about somebody using you? Yeah. We talked about diligence has rewards during our um, workers meeting this morning. Diligence has reward without complaint. God bless us in the mighty name of Jesus. Luke 6.35, that one I want to read for us. Luke 6.35. But ye love, love ye your enemy and do good and lend, hoping for nothing. Hoping for what? Nothing. Hoping for nothing. Not quid pro quo as they have it in the state now. Hoping for nothing again. And your reward shall be what? Great. That is an expression of love. When you express love, you, are, you don't say, okay, um, I did one for you today. Next week, uh, you owe me. You owe me. I just want you to remember. You don't have to pay it all. You owe me. That is us as flesh. And say, so, ye shall be the children of the highest. Hallelujah. For he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. You can't query God. He can do and undo. It's the one that brings rain. Those that are evil, they receive the same rain. Those that are, you know, pure, you and I, will receive the same amount of rain. So you can't query or say, okay, yeah, God, why did you put rain in that guy's uh, farmland? He's an evil guy. Who are you to judge? Even in the book of Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18, the book of Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18, remember, love thy neighbor is my topic. Leviticus 19, 18, thou shalt not avenge. Is it that another instruction? Thou shalt not avenge, nor bear any grudge against the children of thy people. But thou shalt do what? Love thy neighbor as what? As thyself. I was talking to somebody in my work sometimes ago, and I said, love your neighbor as yourself. I said, the guy says, what about if I don't like myself? <laughs> then he goes to academic discussion. What about if I don't like myself? What about if I want to die? And he gave me examples of people that wanted to really die, that were preventing them from dying. And I'm like, okay, Holy Spirit, help me. The, the, the Bible thinks, the Bible likes life. Okay, Bible, Jesus loved life. He doesn't want anyone to die. So that is the pretext of where the, the saying comes, love your neighbor as yourself. Anyone that is ill or sick, you know, in my profession, we see them every day. And I, when I first started, I said, how can you want to kill yourself? What is that matter? And they eventually, some of them succeeded in killing themselves. So when the Bible says, love thy neighbor as thyself, love anyone that comes your way as yourself. Do you ever wish yourself to have pain? Do you ever wish yourself to have 
bad stuff? Do you ever wish yourself to have unlock or bad thing to happen? Do you ever wish yourself to have accident? No one in the right frame of man will wish that to himself. So in the like manner, on the corollary, you should expect the same thing to the other people. Either they are wicked or not. They are first the creation of God. They are human beings. They are alive. They are walking around. You cannot create that. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Some people will say, even, you know, I don't, like, I don't like him. He hates me. I can't like him. Why will I have to? You know, I find it difficult to really, to really extend love. Because what they see, the dictionary of this person from A to Z is hatred. I say, how can I love that person? If I go to him, he's going to go and shoot. He's going to do so many things to me. Why should I expose myself to that person? And that is why some people have difficulties in loving strangers or loving your neighbor or expressing love to that neighbor of yours. Even in Jeremiah 17, 9, that's the reason why. Jeremiah 17, verse 9. Let's look why is that. Why that person completely doesn't want to see you and you want to express love to him? It's because of his heart. The heart is deceitful above all things. And what? Desperately wicked. Who can know it? The heart of man is desperately wicked. And that wickedness, you might have been a recept receptance of that wickedness. The person must have despised you, must have done something so bad that you don't... Oh, when you see the person, you say, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. Here he comes again. But I don't want to sin. I will run away. Just like the Levites ran away. Just like the priest ran away. May God help us in Jesus' name. So the instruction he gave us to be able to actualize loving a neighbor or loving a stranger has to be from your heart. Your heart has to be touched first. You have that surgical preparation, whatever means God wants to do, it has to touch their heart first. If their heart is not touched, there is no way that individual can express love. There is no way. Because the heart of man, the Bible says, is desperately wicked. How then can you take the wickedness out of their heart? Does that mean nothing good can come from the heart of man? If the Bible says the heart of man is desperate, does that mean there can be any good from the heart of man? No. We are here nice and radiant in the presence of the living God. We have the joy of the Lord. We know whatever comes from our heart, it's good. But by chance, you may not have that luxury because it may be luxurious to some people. Say, look at what Brother Tunde is saying. He doesn't know what I'm going through. He never knew anything. There may be that possibility. Because in your heart, anything that you want to do originate. Anything physically must have come from what? From the heart. But that heart, the Bible says, is desperately wicked. Does that mean you have to do something wicked? No. Because the Bible says in Matthew 15, verse 19, 
Matthew chapter 15, verse 19. It says, For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders. See? Murders in the heart. So you don't, people don't have to actually carry gun to what? To kill somebody. See? That's what the Bible says. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, theft, false witnesses, blasphemies. That's from the heart. So that heart has no Jesus inside of it. That heart has no presence of God. Because if Jesus is present in that heart, it will have replaced that evil and wicked situation. Hallelujah. So you say, oh, yeah, you know, it's been 25 years I've been abused. In 30 years, I'm never going to forget him. He's supposed to be the one that will help me. He's supposed to call me. I trust him. I did this. But it hurts me. I will never forget. That's wickedness from the heart because you have the person have concluded in his heart. And the outward expression is hate, not love. That person is not loving the neighbor. He's having difficulties. So the first thing you have to do is to let Jesus come and dwell inside of it. I know it's very, it's like cunning, cliche to say, invite Jesus into your heart, and boom, you're done. But you have to have that free will that, okay, now, I want to eat. You will intentionally sit down to eat, right? I want to go to work. You intentionally start dressing up and go to work. What about if you want to invite Jesus into your heart? Will you just say, oh, whatever. When it comes, it comes. If it doesn't, that's it. I don't even feel it anyway. Who tells you it's about feeling? You have to decide in your heart. Free will he gave you to decide that I am going to see that and Jesus is going to fill my heart and he's going to remove the wickedness of my heart towards that person that has hurt me for many, many years. Praise the living Jesus. Are you here? Before I even continue, are you here? You are having that situation and say, you know what? It's too heavy. You don't know what he has done for me. I cannot get it back. I cannot take it back. Who says you cannot get it back? You can even get it back double fold, hundred fold. If you are diligent, you are following Jesus. May God help us in Jesus' name. So if you are here and you say, okay, before we even we go forward, you, you know what? I need Jesus in my heart. I need to deal with that. Then I can understand what brother today is talking about. Then I can understand. I can listen. Then I can follow the message. Then I can maybe get something tangible. But right now, I'm just going to sit. And 12.30, and we're going to go home. But I do not want that to happen. I want us to just, if on your own, right now, at this moment, just let's tell the Lord. Let's everybody just bow down our head. And say, Father, I need you to come into my heart. Sincerely, I have asked you before. I've attended maybe revivals before. I've been to full gospel. I've been to so many places. But you are just part of celebrations, not part of people really sitting down to intentionally say, God, now come into my heart. Why don't we pray and say, Father, come into my heart. Come in to stay. Come in right now. Replace every ounce of wickedness inside of me. 
and make my heart a permanent place of abode for you so that when I want to express, I will not express wickedness. I will not express hate. I will not express pride, but love. As you have commanded us, I have seen Levites running away, not doing it. I have seen priests not doing it. But Father, let's tell him, come into our heart. Come in to stay. The Bible says, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Reverently, let us pray. Believing God has done it. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Now Jesus is in our heart, even more than ever before. Okay, then how do we love our neighbor? How do you love your neighbor? How do I love my neighbor? Am I going by, okay, I'm just every day, I, give, I know he needs us um, uh, canned food. I give him canned food. But when he wants to go to the hospital, I will close my windows because I know she doesn't have a car. I don't want her to see me that I'm at home. But I want to show off. I give him canned food, 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 food. But when he's coming back and he needed help to get into the snow through his driveway, I close my blind. I don't let him see me. Who are we deceiving? How do we love our neighbor? Love is the key important part of this message. Love. And in our Sunday school, I think our Sunday's Sunday teachers and the school teachers here, when we talked about love sometimes ago, we divided our four types of love. I don't know whether we still remember four types of how to express love. So we called the first one to be storage, which is empathy. You know, like you're empathizing with somebody. You put yourself in that person's situation, and that's it. And the second one is philia, which is pretty much friendship. You know, four types. Friendship, philia. Yeah, I'll be your friend. If you be my friend, let's we all go to party together. We go to church together. We do everything together. But when it comes about when that person really needed you, the friendship stops there. We cannot mix that together. Or number three, arrows, which is what is husband and wife, romantic. Oh, lustfulness and just romantic. That may be a way to express love, which we do as husband and wife. You know, nowadays, girlfriends all over the places. And the last one, agape love, which is what is referred to as unconditional expression of love. From all these four that are listed right here, how do you think a Christian should express love? How do you think a Christian should express in the form of a touch, which is empathy? It's okay. It's nothing wrong with it. As a friendship, yeah, it's fine. Eros, like romantic, yeah, you love my friend, I love my pastor, I love my sister, I love my brother. Or agape type of expression of love, which is unconditional, that love you as God made you. What God has made you to be is perfect, and that is why I love you. I don't see any other physical thing. I don't even see your behavior. If I ask us, you will all agree with me that the best way to express love to your neighbor or to a stranger is through unconditional love. It doesn't have to be in your family tree. It doesn't have to be the same tribe. It doesn't have to go to the same church with you. It doesn't have to be the one that, you, that gave you something last year. 
He doesn't have to be the son of the pastor. It just have to be because the person is alive. It's so funny sometimes I saw some of my colleagues, the, there's one person, she, she lost a dog more than having a child. That is her choice. She called the dog, member of the family, gave her the name in the will. The dog is part of the will, and if the dog dies, the money goes with the dog. That is her preference, and she's not apologetic to that. She believes that that is what she believes. That is how she expressed love to that dog. Now, give money to somebody else or do something. I will invite her to come to Jersey. You go to that place where you, somebody sits in the front and talk to you, and you can't talk back. She doesn't even understand the concept of church. Praise the Lord. So when you express, express your love, just like the Samaritan man, the certain Samaritan man, he never knew him. He just passed him by. That is his neighbor, but the person is at the same time a stranger. Where have you found a stranger along your walks of life? At your place of work? Brethren, I bring you hope, even in the church. I want us to ponder on that. Even in the church, how have you expressed your love? We can talk about it. We can read the Bible. It is only God that knows your heart, that knows what you are thinking. And God says, the Bible tells us, the wicked thing comes from the heart. What is your heart saying about that person, that missus, that brother, that child? What is your heart saying about it? It's only you that understands that. The pastor does not have the searchlight or the MRI to see that, oh, this one's heart, oh, it's very wicked. Go. No, it's you. It's that personal relationship you have with God that will set you free. If you don't, it is very dangerous. And it is very terrible to fall into the hand of the living God. Praise the Lord. Praise the living Jesus. Then how do we demonstrate this love? I have five suggestions, then we close. Five suggestions for us. Remember, I call it what? Suggestions. That's just my own way of thinking. Number one, you should express love to that neighbor by unconditionally forgive them. Hallelujah. Unconditionally what? Forgive them. So you're not going to take the sins they done against you to the highest or to the medium or to the lowest. It's still unforgiveness. The fact that you have it, remembering it, recurring all the time. And it's giving you anxiety. Each time you see it, you are anxious, which is not even good for your health. Each time you see him, you really, oh, I wish I'd punch him. You know, people say that because they are thinking about it. By the time it shows up externally, they forgot, they, oh, nothing, I'm just thinking something. Unconditionally forgive your neighbor. That's one way to express that love for your neighbor. Unconditionally, not because how big the sin against you has been. No. Matthew 6.15 says, if ye forgive not men, their trespasses. Matthew 6.15, very clean, clear. I bet you, you have read it multiple times. I have read it multiple times. 
You have sat down where the message was delivered based on this. But are we living it? Christian life is a practical life. Say, if you forgive not men their trespass, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. And our trespasses in front of the father is enormous. Is huge. Is huge. Even Matthew 18, 35 says, So likewise shall my heavenly father do also unto you, if ye from your heart, from your heart, forgive not everyone his brother's trespasses. From your heart. That is why I mentioned the word. Let Jesus take over that heart. First and foremost. Because if Jesus is not there, who occupies it? It's no brainer. The devil. It's a giving. It's a constant equation. If Jesus is not there, who is going to be there? There is no in between. It got to be the devil. May God bless us in Jesus' name. Number two, I say unconditionally pray for your neighbor. How? When he's in trouble? No. When he gives you money? No. When he say, okay, I'll buy you clothes, then you pray for him. Or when he brings food to your house or food to your children, is that when you pray for him? No. Unconditional. No condition. Just because he's alive, he's breathing, he's the handiwork of God. Just because of that, pray for that, your neighbor. And you see the reward. You see the reward. You be happy. Even physically, you feel elated. Physically, you are happy. You don't worry about them. Number three, I say unconditionally think positive towards that your neighbor. Remember that unconditionally. You remember agape love? You don't have to attach your positive thinking to that person because of what he has done, because he's a member of Christ Chapel or Saleh, whatever. Unconditionally think positive towards your neighbor. If you tend to think positive towards that neighbor, you are more than likely to be the certain Samaritan that gets down from his house and picks the man up. But if you don't have that positive thinking, you will keep on walking on the other side. And that's what the Levite did, and that's what the priest did. It does not matter your hierarchy in the church. It does not matter your hierarchy in the church. It affects everybody. That is an open secret to you and I. That people that you place there may not be what they are. It's just an office. If they cannot unconditionally think positive towards their neighbor. Praise the Lord. Don't walk around trying to fight or settle your scores with your neighbor. You want to settle your score. The Bible says, do not avenge. We read it earlier on. Do not avenge. It's not your job to do. If you believe you have a father in heaven, they are constantly fighting for you. Just let him take everything. Number three, unconditionally share the truth with your labor. Unconditionally share what? The truth. What do I mean by the truth? The word of God. The word of God. If you confess that you're a Christian and Jesus is in you, why are you not evangelizing? Any opportunity you have, 
Why are you not talking about the truth that you have? If the love is in your heart, unconditional, why are you telling? Why are you not telling them? It is your job. He gave it to you and I to do. Evangelize. Talk to them one-on-one. Are they going to see your results? You don't you may not even see the person give his life. But you have to be what? Diligent in what you are doing. And there is a reward. Even a greater reward in heaven. Praise the Lord. Daniel 12, verse 3. We had that verse today during our Sunday school. Daniel 12, verse 3. Daniel 12, verse 3 says, And they that be wise shall what? Shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to what? Righteousness as the stars forever and ever. You're turning people to righteousness. You're telling them about the goodness, the truth that you have that is bubbling, that is overflowing. If it's not overflowing, you can't give it. If you don't want to, it's free will. You can continue to suppress it. And if it is not used, it's gone. Say, you, you, sleep, you snooze, you lose. That's the normal thing we say in the world. You snooze, you lose. But it's, you doze off, miracle came. Oh, where is it? He's gone. So you have to preach the word to them. Even Luke 15:10. Let's check Luke 15, verse 10. Luke chapter 15, verse 10. It says, Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in what? In the presence of the angels of God. Over what? That repented. Can the sinner repent without somebody talking to him? That is your job. That is my job. That is what we are made to do. Unconditionally. Don't say because uh, uh, he's, uh, oh, he killed somebody there. Oh, no. He's gone. That guy is gone. Oh, his own unbelief is cancerous. You can never redeem him. Who are you? Are you the one that redeems? Are you the one that saves? You just speak the word. Holy Spirit comes, put it in the heart of the person, and the person changed. And there's rejoicing, and the credit is for you. Simple. Stephanie. Why are we shy from telling others about God that we serve? Last but not the least, number five. Unconditionally seek to assist your neighbor. Unconditionally. See, I'm using that unconditionally. Agape, the love. Unconditionally seek. Not when he asks. Or not when she asks. I said seek. The Bible says seek you shall find. If you are not looking to help, the person will be there. Maybe it's not able to even yell like that woman. Son of Jesus, help me. The person is just there. cannot even open his mouth. You seek out opportunities where you can assist your neighbor, where you can assist a stranger. I am not saying put yourself in danger. I want us to believe that. That is not what I'm saying. I want us to, in our heart, is that what you resolve? I am seeking to assist somebody today. Is that your resolve inside your heart? If that's your resolve, God will bring somebody at your path. And you assist, and the heavens will be glorified. Praise the Lord. You cannot demonstrate this unconditional love when your hearts, when your hearts are filled with things that can defy 
you know, what can define a man? You cannot be able to express unconditional love when your heart is being defiled. That is the key of what we are talking about because everything revolves around our hearts. If we have to do surgery, MRI, our hearts are our hearts. What is there? Only God can attest to it. Only God and you yourself know what you are thinking. Even as we are sitting there, even as I am talking, am I thinking about something else? Am I being distracted? Are you being distracted? In the book of Mark, let's look at the book of Mark 7, verses 22 to 24. You cannot unconditionally express love if you have things that can defy your heart. What are those? Those are the things that can defy. I mean, when you talk about being defied, that means making unwanted, unusable, not good, tarnished, dirty, you know. That is what comes out that makes someone to be defiled. Theft, covetousness of so many great, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, and evil eye. I don't know how to say evil eye. It's looking like a microscope or a spot. An evil eye. That when you see somebody, you just, you just hate the presence of that person. Just, you know, I just wish you just go to places. People even said, I wish you die. I wish you human being, that person cannot express unconditional love to a neighbor or to a stranger. Blasphemy, pride, foolishness. 23, all these evil things come from where? Within. And defile the man. The man means both woman and the man. That means it tarnishes that person. It makes that person dirty. Can you use a dirty place to eat? No, just normal physical life. Those are the things that make man. That comes out of us. But it comes from in the heart. If Jesus is not sitting there, if Jesus is not taking over, if you are still giving room for devil to reside, it would be very hard to express unconditional love to your neighbor. It would be very, very hard. Even Matthew 15, 18 to 21 says, but those things which proceed out of the mouth, is your mouth full of filthiness? Are you arrogant all the time? Say for out of the heart proceed evil thoughts more than we talked about that. So you have to look at that heart, which is the origination of whatever you want to do to others. To others. May God have mercy in Jesus' name. In conclusion, God has instructed you and I. And it's important to be obedient. We have the instruction. You have the instructions. It will, be not, it will not be against me. I've said it. You've heard it. You have to say to other people that you need to do what? Love thy neighbor. Don't go into semantics of who the hell or who. Who is my neighbor anyway? I don't count that one as my neighbor. He's always do something to me. You can't judge. He's a human being. It is important to be obedient to the word of God. And let's take on the characters of Jesus Christ. If I even tell her, what are the characters of Jesus Christ? If you have that characters of Jesus Christ, 
it be so easy to express the agape, unconditional love to a stranger or to anyone. Let's unput on the characters and less of those evil things that come out from our hearts and sanctify by our mouth and our tongue. May God have mercy in the mighty name of Jesus. So, brethren, if you have heard nothing today, it is important to start with the origin, which is the heart. Pastor is not going to be able to see your heart. Pastor may pray for you. Yes, we have the altar call. And altar call, this person comes all the time. When? Is it? Are they a lot in your heart? Every time we call altar call, you always come out. That person needs a serious, serious deliverance. So let's take on the characters of Jesus Christ, forgiving others. That's the characters of Jesus Christ. Kindness. That's the character of Jesus Christ. Loving. Humility. You know, those nice things. If we take those characters on, then we'll be able to express unconditional love to our neighbor. May God help us in the mighty name of Jesus. So let us shun all the works of the flesh. I know, you know, in the Bible there's constant war between the flesh and the spirit. Constant at war in our body. But who do you give room for? Who? Because what we see all the while, friends at work, yeah, we go to, let's go and do this. Oh, you know quite well this is not right. But you joined anyway. It's the free will that God gave you. You joined anyway. Say, okay, I'm just going to do it tonight. Uh, we are going to church and then we ask for forgiveness. What about if Jesus comes while you are in the act? That is what we forget. Because Jesus tells us the time I don't even know. Only who? The Father in heaven. When he comes, what will you be doing? Will you be in the act of expressing unconditional love? Or hatred unto others. What will you be doing? Forsake all those negative things and bring on Jesus unto you. And God will purify your heart. It will purify my heart. Finally, brethren, I want to leave up with these two verses, which could be your pointer wherever you go. David in Psalm 119 verse 11 says, David in Psalm 119, verse 11 says, Thy word, have I, do, have I done what? Are you hiding it in your heart? That means when you are hiding something, you are protecting it. Do you understand? Do you ever look at that way? When you are hiding something, you keep on checking. Is it still there? I remember when I got my first visa to the U.S. When I got it, wow. I, when I put it in my mommy's bedroom, I will travel, I'll come back. She will, How are you? No, no, I didn't listen. I went to where the visa was. So you jealously protect and guide it. The word of high heat in my heart so that it won't escape. If you don't think like that, think like that. You are hiding into your heart that I might not what? Sin. Because when sin comes, because you hide it there, you can really reach in and it will tell you, uh-uh, my son. My daughter, you can't do that. That is not of God. Then, Romans 12, 1. That's the first verse you can keep on 
Remembering? Romans 12, 1 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God that ye do what? Present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is what? Your reasonable, the most reasonable thing you can do. That's the minimum you can do. That's what I interpret that reasonable to me. The minimum you can do. Mercies that I present yourself as what? A living sacrifice. When you want to sacrifice something, you don't give something that is dirty. You don't bring something that is not good. Your sacrifice has to be good. So you present yourself as a living sacrifice so that in the day of reckoning, God will say, welcome, good and faithful servant. Come into your rest. Brethren, love thy neighbor is beyond lips. It involves act, which comes from the heart. If you don't have it in your heart, it's very, very hard to express or give it. Somebody told me one thing. Say, give to somebody that you know can never pay back. Give to somebody that you know quite well it can never pay back. And also, give to somebody that will never thank you. Think about those two. Give to someone that will never, ever thank you. Then your thanksgiving is acceptable. But you give it to a brother and say, okay, yeah. I'm ex- if I give it to him when it is my turn, yeah, I'll be expecting. In fact, I will greet him. I will say, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. You remember? You remember? Because I'm expectant. Because I've given. I will just quote the Bible. I sow to your life now. I sow. I should reap. But don't think like that. Give to someone that you know, ain't no way it's going to pay back. And give to someone that it will never, ever be able to thank you. You are the one.